1: but the reality is they don't
3: know, man. I've been looking forward to to the top talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Look, for all you listen to, me,
1: I'm not an
2: idiot. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To the Top Talk presented by GoldenEaglePride.com, a 24/7 sports affiliate. They've got a huge sale coming up this weekend starting this Friday. Get 75% off an annual subscription one of the best places you can go to get southern miss information i mean this this show is pretty much just goofing off and joking around if you want the real info check them out goldeneaglepride.com all right here at to the top talk we are here with your break from all the high resource file propaganda to talk about the university of southern mississippi golden eagles joining me now southern miss blackouts tailgate legend jason bailey
0: gentlemen greetings and, salu- greetings and salutations can't even get it out. I'm so excited about this week, man. Got up this morning, game week. Feeling pretty good. I don't know about you guys.
2: And the wizard of whiskey himself, Shane Light.
1: Yeah, uh, I echo that. We're we're now single digit days away from Golden Eagle football in the Rock, and uh, I'm about to pee my pants. I'm so excited. All right. Well, if you got to do that, just put it on mute and step away from the mic. You got to listen. I'm sorry.
2: (laughs) And our guest this week comes from GoldenEaglePride.com. One of the the best at covering Southern Miss. One of the most knowledgeable. I mean, really a treat anytime we can get this guy on the show. So please welcome our guest, Glenn Dyer.
0: Hey, guys. Great to be with you guys. Glenn, cheers, mate. Can't believe we finally got him on. It's good to catch up with you all.
1: We only had to kidnap his dog to make it happen, too.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I want him back. He does live in the neighborhood.
1: As soon as we're done recording,
2: sir.
3: Excellent.
2: Hey, if you guys would like to – we're doing something different this season, so if you would like to sponsor an episode of To the Top Talk, we've got a few sponsorships um, in the queue right now. But if you want to sponsor an episode, you can do just that. Go to to tothetoptalk.com and click on the link that says sponsor an episode of to the top talk. Sometimes it's easier if you do it on a desktop, just a heads up, but um, but you can do it now. So go check that out. All right. Some some news before we get started, before we get into everything. Um, some Southern Miss related news this week. Former Golden Eagle wide receiver Tim Jones had a heck of a game this past weekend for the Jacksonville Jaguars in preseason action as they took on the Atlanta Falcons. Three receptions for 103 yards. I mean, they pretty much just threw it up there, and he he went up and got it. A quintessential Tim Jones, it looks like he may have landed a, a spot on the Jacksonville Jaguars roster.
1: Hope so that's that'd be awesome.
0: Well, his deal has always been just can he stay healthy enough, right? He's like one of the strongest dudes pound for pound that's ever come through sudden miss. Uh one of the coolest guys, too. Fast hands, everything. Just you know, he has just seems like he has some nagging injuries from time to time. Been, but if he keeps catching the ball like he did the other night, uh, you know. Who
2: knows? Pro Bowler? <laughs> I mean, statistically, yes. If you yeah. can have over 100 yards every game on three receptions, he's, he's yeah. probably headed for some kind of accolades. And then, the, But they're probably going to have to start throwing it to him more if he's getting those kind of numbers. All right, so this Saturday, September the 3rd, is the first game of the 2022 Southern Miss football season. That's the, It's actually the, the beginning of college football. We don't count anything that happens before 6 p.m., this Saturday, Southern Miss taking on the Liberty Flames at 3 p.m. Remember, uh, the Molly Ringwalds will be playing at Spirit Park. So if you love 80s music like Marshant Kenny does, it'd be a great time out there in Spirit Park. The game itself. So 4 p.m. will be Eagle Walk. The game itself kicks off at 6 p.m. on ESPN Plus. Now, Glenn, you've you did. A, I saw you did a little write up on Liberty Day. What are your thoughts going into this matchup with the Liberty Flames?
3: It's going to be an interesting ball game, guys. Um, A lot of of cool storylines with this. Um, Number one, we know Southern Miss is young. But this year they have uh, 85 scholarships as opposed to playing with 62 last year, which really damaged them in all facets of the game, offense, defense, and special teams. So that's big for Southern Miss. On the Liberty side, um, you know, uh, star quarterback Willis is gone, who was the bulk of their offense for the last two years. And he was also their uh, leading rusher the last two years. So they're going to have to transition to a more running back-centric offense when they've relied on uh, Willis's legs the last two years. Um, relatively uh, young group on offense. They got two linemen back from last year's group. They got a transfer quarterback from Baylor and uh, Brewer. Um, defensively, they have four starters returning, so that's interesting as well. They have two Auburn transfers in the interior of the D-line that are going to be on the field uh, Saturday. Uh, Lost their top tackler in the middle, uh, Mike Linebacker, Story Jackson, who got picked up by Dallas as a free agent pickup. Uh, Coincidentally, a young man out of Ridgeland, Mississippi, uh, Mississippi Gulf Coast Community College, uh, Mike Smith, has moved into that starting linebacker spot for them, so that's interesting. But uh, I guess the biggest thing for me is, uh, you know, Will – has a really uh, – he's got a ton of plays and runs. He can, a lot of window dressing and hard to deal with for defense. you think that'd be a, uh, an advantage going into this game, but they uh, – they're uh, D.C. Scott Simons from last year, really good D.C., headed to uh, SMU. So they bring in Jack Curtis from Tulane. So, obviously, uh-huh. everything Will Hall's got, you know, over a two-year period when Will was there on a daily basis. And then the co-D.C. is Josh Aldridge. Who spent three years with Will at West Georgia, so going to be some interesting uh, chess matches out there Saturday.
2: You mentioned but they that, but you but know they we hadn't
3: seen the super back yet. <laughs> <laughs> we we
2: got their offensive line coach here now, in Sam Gregg.
3: Yeah, another inch. I mean, just just it keep, just keeps adding up. It's going to be. I just look forward to be able to sit and watch the chess match that's going to happen because, you know, from what you just mentioned. They know the weaknesses and the you know weaknesses and strengths you know on both sides of the football to an extent, so that that's going to be very interesting.
0: Hey, Glenn, do you think it pays uh, dividends that this is our first game of the year? I mean, you know, like in other words, when I mean, you talk about the tendencies, I mean, we think they think they know the tendencies, and we think they know theirs. Uh, but you know, having a team that didn't, you know, we had, we played like eleven quarterbacks last year. I think Tyke is still kind of up in the air as far as. What's he gonna bring to the table? Um, you know, so you think it helps getting them just first games, you know?
3: Yeah, I mean, to that, uh, definitely. Um to uh to my point earlier with the uh you know, we only had 62 scholarships last year. And when guys were hurt, we were down to probably 57 at some point. So um, you know, a full compliment gives Will the ability to do a lot of different things on the offensive side of the football. Last year we had to rely on First part of the season, kind of two running backs with Frank and uh, Dejon Richard. Uh, this year, he's got four to five guys he can choose from. Gives him the ability to not only just run one back, which gets you predictable when on the other side of football, but he can run two back. Um, he's got the super back package that you just mentioned working. Watch out for Antavius Willis. He's electric during camp. Um, just the ability to, with more window dressing and shifts. Makes it a little bit more difficult for defense to, you know, to predict what you're going to do.
2: What are your What are your thoughts on kind of how the culture has changed around the Southern Miss football team? I mean, you've covered the Golden Eagles for a long, even before you covered them, you you were very knowledgeable about the Golden Eagles. What are your thoughts on on how the culture is changing um, in the locker room?
3: Uh, Jamie, it's it's night and day. And I've been out there a while. Uh, what I'm seeing from Coach Hall kind of reminds me of somewhat of when Coach Bauer was here where guys are being held accountable, but they're also initially – like they laid down the culture, they had rules, they loved them up. And when I say love them up, it's a process of getting guys to buy into what you're doing and trusting you and knowing that you have their best interests at heart. So then when it comes time to coach a guy hard and hold him accountable, it's not personal. It's, it's part of the process. And uh, Will's got that lined out from, from his coaching staff to his strength coach, Coach Ankar. Um, those kids are bought in. And just I mentioned it to somebody the other day. I, you know, I'm out there almost every day, and it's probably the first time in 10 or 15 years I can recall walking around just checking things out that the kids just, you know, at times you stop and have conversations with them. That's something I never – you know, it's kind of refreshing. They're well-spoken. They're polite. You know they're engaging. You know it's, it's a breath of fresh air for sure. What do you think?
2: What do you think are fair expectations for this team this year?
3: Well, number one, they're young. Um, Will came here with a a really short roster. It was uh, he had to do some roster management um, through recruiting. He really addressed that with the transfer portal this year. Those guys are going to help out. Um, You know, they're better, but they're young. You just – and you're young at the most important spot on the field at quarterback. So I expect a better product, but, you you know, you don't know what that better looks like at the end of the day in terms of wins and losses. And you also have to account for – I think this is a a stronger schedule we're facing than we faced last year. Hmm. I guess if I had to – just for me personally, my expectations, I think it would be – awesome that they, you know, if, if they won at least six and go to a ball game, to me, that's success in terms of the building process.
2: You mentioned Ty Keys. Um, How How is, is Ty Keyes progressing? I mean, I know he only has a few uh, start, uh, you know, really a few games under his belt as far as a D1 athlete. How do you feel like Ty Keys is progressing?
3: The, the biggest deal for Ty is, you know, when he walked in here last year, he was just, he was late getting here because of baseball. So he was on campus about four weeks, and then gets kind of thrown to the wolves. I talked to him a couple of weeks ago, and I asked him. I said, you know, where are you at now with uh, pre-snap reads, post-snap reads, and recognizing what the defense is trying to do to you? And he says, you know, night and days day. is basically. I, I really didn't know what I was looking at last year. So you know, I mean, that's huge. Just from the perspective of being able to step up to the line of scrimmage and look across the field and know. You know, if they're playing man zone, you know, where your overhang defenders are and things of that nature. That wasn't even in his vocabulary last year. So, you know, he's he's way ahead of the game in that regard. But you know, experience is the greatest teacher and uh, generally, you know, sometimes failure is also part of that process. So, you know, my expectation for Ty is just um, play within himself. And I know Will's gonna put him in a, a game plan that suits his skill set. He's a true dual threat quarterback. Um Keep your, keep your uh, turnovers to a minimum and just try to move the chains and stay on time. Last year, they were behind the chains, you know, all the time and just, you know, punt, punt, punt. You just, when it's third and 12, third and 14, third and eight, you just you can't survive like that. Um, just for people, if they had, a you know, a thought to maybe what Will might run this year and how he might use Ty, I, I kind of look back to uh, what uh, Will had at Tulane in 2019 with the dual-threat quarterback, Justin McMillan, who transferred in from LSU. Um, that 2019 team was pretty good. Pretty, pretty much wore us out in the second half of that bowl game. And uh, you know, in that game, he uh, for the season he averaged like 24 passes a game, 13 runs a game. Ended up throwing for like 2500 yards, rushing for about 750, um, 17 touchdown passes, 10 picks, and he, and he he approached right at 59% completion rate. You know, that's where you that's kind of a sweet spot for dual threat a dual threat quarterback, I
0: think. I would think that having a deeper running back room and having a uh, healthy wideouts would pro and a, a, a plethora of tight ends to throw the ball to would probably help him out a little bit.
3: Yeah. I mean, if, if, you, if you think back to last year, we're going into South Alabama. I don't know how many people knew about it, but uh, Brownlee's ankle was, was bad. He couldn't even cut off of it. So basically once they figured that out, that he was, one of our only weapons, they just stacked the box and you know, waited for waited for Frank to get the football. So uh this year, brownlee's healthy. They're finding different ways to get him the football and just say leave it at that. Um moving casting from the outside to the inside at slot is his natural neat fits his skill set. Um well that you know he can work linebackers underneath with his quickness, but you know, unlike a lot of slot guys, he had the speed to get over the top and beat people deep, which you saw he did Saturday, you know, in that last scrimmage we all saw. I guess the biggest thing that psychs me most now is you actually have another guy or two guys out wide on the other side, on the field side of the formation, and uh, Brandon Hayes from Oak Grove and uh, Latrell Jones from PRCC. Both those guys are longer guys with 6'2", with some reach, and both can fly. I mean, Brandon was a legit 10'7", uh sprinter in high school. Um like Coach said, if they get even, they're leaving. So uh, that takes its <laughs> eyes off Brownlee. And, I mean, it's just – it gives Ty so many more weapons than he had last year. And, and then to your point to the running backs, just being able to have a guy like Genari Dean, Richard's a year older. Um, Kenyon Clay is is a rare skill set. We haven't had a 6'1", 218-pound guy here that could run mid-455 since Derek Nix was here probably. Um, He's got uncanny bursts for for a guy his size, and uh, people are going to – I don't know when he's going to get on the field and make his mark, but it'll be sometime this year, and uh, people are going to enjoy watching him. But back to the depth, just the ability to run two-back sets makes it so much harder on the defense in terms of trying to predict what you're going to do. Then out of those sets, they're releasing guys out on pass routes too, so, you know, pick your poison. They use that, uh, you know, some of that stuff against uh, Austin's defense in two of the scrimmages, you know, he, he admitted it was – it's a, you know, harder deal to go, to go against Will. There's so many shifts, so much window dressing. And, you know, and the RPO game is going to be big for Ty. So, a lot more for safeties and the linebackers to deal with.
1: That's – Having all these skill players and weapons is great, but uh, if the quarterback is constantly getting ground into dust in the backfield, uh, mm-hmm. then yeah, it's really hard to get the ball to those guys. How, how's the line looking this year?
3: Yeah, that's that's going to be interesting, Shane. Uh, you know, last year, you know, last year, it's you know, even coaches, coaches mentioned it was horrendous. And um, something maybe not a whole lot of people talked about. And I'll just touch on it briefly. You know, Will was set up when he came in with his guy, Cody Kennedy, coming over from Tulane as his O-line coach. They'd spent a lot of time together. It's super important for an O-line coach and the OC to have, a, have a, a a good relationship and be on the same same page in terms of teaching and what they want to run. Cody gets the job at Arkansas <clears throat> probably about three weeks to four weeks before spring ball. So, Will had to scramble to, to find <clears throat> to find his guy, and um, he found a good guy. But sometimes, you know, sometimes you just there's just a it's a bad mesh. <clears throat> you know, the, the ability to to dance to dance just seemed like there were communication issues between Will and his O line coach. And instead of getting together and and coming out with a game plan, it was sometimes more teaching and correcting. You know, on the coaching level, before it even gets to the players. So, you know that you know then you know chaos ensues after that. But uh with Coach Greg, um, those guys have spent a decade together developing their their playbook, uh, their concepts, what they like to run. So when they're out there, they they you know they can finish each other's sentences. It's it's fun to watch them work together. There's no teaching amongst coaches. They're just trying to to tweak what is already working. Now. If you want to talk O-line, just from the progress I think they've made is in the middle, basically, with uh, Bryson Mays settling in at center. Um, He's going to be an anchor anchor up there for those guys. Last year we went into South Alabama. We weren't even settled at at center. We weren't settled at right guard. We had questions at left tackle. And it was past midseason before we settled all that. These guys are pretty settled up front. I think that center of Bryson Mays, Jerquan Scott at left guard, and – Bowling at right guard, that's, that's a really strong center. And generally, you build your O-line from the inside out. Uh, tackles is more of what I have a question about as, as it pertains to pass protection. That was probably the thing they were most behind on when Coach Greg got here. Uh, I think they've made strides, but um, it's still, to me, not where it needs to be. So that's going to be a work in progress in terms of pass protection. I think they're going to be able to run the football. Will has such a huge toolbox in the run game, you know, with the uh, power game, gap scheme, inside zone, outside zone. He'll run some wing T at you, two back, one back. Um, so he's got a huge toolbox. So uh, if they get that run game going and, and get Tyrell play action and RPO off that stuff, it's going to help Ty
2: out. Do you expect – I mean, I know this is a pretty broad question, uh, but, you know, the defense was pretty impressive last year. Do you expect an improved defense this year?
3: That's a good question. Uh, Austin Armstrong, I mean, those and his staff, those are some of the most intelligent guys I've been able to, I've had a chance to sit down and talk to after practices. They're all super sharp. Austin, uh, Coach O'Neill, the uh, safeties coach, Coach Lacey, the D line coach, all these guys are just so sharp. And I think last year they really schemed it up well. They had to run a lot of exotics to match up with people because they just they weren't deep enough up front and they weren't big enough up front. When Austin came in, he wanted to run um, multiple fronts, three-man fronts, uh, four-man fronts, and sometimes five. Last year, he's pretty much stuck having to run a four-man front with two of his defensive ends just being 240-pound outside linebackers. When we ended up playing guys like UAB, we just got mashed up front. So Will goes out and gets you know, uh, a Quentin Bibbins from Ole Miss, 6'2", 305. Gets an Armandus Cooley from Mississippi State, 6'2", 310 gets a Jalen Williams from Arkansas, 6'3", 315. Um, And then you mix them in with a a returning player in Josh Ratcliffe at 300 pounds. You've got four 300-pounders, you know, that you can line up in there and get heavy when you need to. And um, I think they got enough depth on the outside as well at Jack, you know, to play fast if they want to. You know, last year they were so limited, you know, he pretty much had to run what he had to run. He couldn't get heavy with somebody or – run speed sets with somebody on third down, the passing downs when you want to get the quarterback, this year he's going to be able to, you know, get fast when he wants to with, with multiple speed guys on the end. And if he wants to, to throw three
0: 300-pounders in the interior, he can do that as well. Um, couldn't do that last year. So it sounds like more tools in the toolbox, like all the way around, right? Um, is, yeah. is, is that going to be the, the toughest thing for, for teams to try to figure out what we're going to do? Because, uh, like Jamie said, I mean, the defensive stats were there last year. They're just on the field like forever. Um, so it seems like, and, and specifically with this game, it seems like that matchup between Austin Armstrong and Hugh Freeze might be the, the key matchup to look at.
3: Yeah, that's that's going to be really interesting. Um, you know, Austin Austin's like a mad scientist back there, um, and Freeze is you know he'll tempo you to death. will he'll, he'll hit you with multiple formations and RPO. And, um, you know, through, to be honest, through um, through some of the scrimmages, you know, we were susceptible to some RPO. So that's going to be really interesting if they can tighten that up and play discipline with their eyes on the back end and not bite on that stuff. Um, but to your point with the toolbox, you know, he has the ability to give teams so many more different looks now up front. I'm gonna be really interested to see how he mixes and matches guys. Um, for instance, last year a guy one uh, who played the field side end really wasn't big enough to play that defensive end spot and hold the edge, but he's a six, he's a 260 pound guy that runs in the four five, four five fives. So they took him this year and they slipped him to uh, the jack outside linebacker, and those guys do a combination of things. They drop some, and they'll come off the edge as a speed rusher. He's going to be a specialist speed rusher, and I think that's one of those little tweaks that they've made where that guy can come in on third and long. it can be a real menace, you know, with, with a pass rush.
0: How are we Gosh. sitting uh, health-wise? Not that, you know, I know you can't really, like, get too into that, but, you know, I mean, it seems like from an outsider looking in, it's only been to a couple practices. We're outside of Hayes Maples, are in pretty decent shape, huh? Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, there were the normal bumps
3: and bruises that can't, but uh, Will was really, really wise about giving guys some time off their feet, um, you know, and getting them. You know, the first couple of weeks were extremely physical, then he kind of backed off in the last probably six or seven days and, uh, you know, let them get their feet under them and not, not as much contact. And uh, I think everybody, like you said, other than Hayes is available, will be available for Saturday.
2: What are your thoughts on the secondary? I mean, that's that's something I've been really intrigued by, um, with with the you know some of the new additions we have and some of the the returning players that we have as well.
3: Yeah, that, that's easy to talk about. I think uh, I think Shorts and uh, Shorts and uh, Jay Stanley have a chance to, to be the best safety duo in, in the Sun Belt. You know, we didn't get a lot of uh, mention when the uh, when the uh, All Conference teams came out this summer, and you know, a lot of it's because they just they hadn't seen this, you know. They hadn't seen us play, that and played against us. I think those two guys have a chance to be two of the best in the conference. Uh, it's a combo. Chamberrell at that nickel spot, uh, a great cover guy, great return guy. It's good to have him back. But then you add a guy like Tyler Knight uh, from Ole Miss to that mix. The competition with those guys has been so tight, I just call them 1A and 1B. You can put either one of them out there at any time. They're not going to suffer you know, playing in the box. They can cover. You know, that's just a great addition. And uh Tyler Knight in the punt return game would be a be a factor down the down the road as well. Um at your corners, you got uh Eric Scott back, a six to 200 two hundred pound NFL type body corner who runs in the four fours. He's done nothing but just to hone his technique, uh you know, be a, a student of the game. And uh he's a guy that um while I've been out there, they've been Once or twice a week, there'll be scouts out there and I kind of always ask who you guys are looking for. And and to a man, Eric Scott is a corner they're they're looking at. So, you know, he's definitely, you know, six to 200 pound corners. Don't grow on trees. So he'll, he should have, he should push for all conference honors. And then you have uh, Natron uh, Brooks on the other side, savvy veteran, great cover guy. Um, I guess the guy who really, you know, solidifies that too deep, those two guys are as solid as you can get. And then you've got uh, Brendan Tolles uh, from Lafayette uh, High School, played as a true freshman last year, uh, sprinter, sub-4-4 kind of guy. He was a little light last year at six foot, probably about 165, 170 pounds. He's gotten himself up to over 180 now. And uh, he can play either one of those corners behind those guys and really solidifies the two deep at the corner position. And, um, you know, talk about solidifying Markel McLaurin, who was here as a safety a couple of years ago, left and went to PRCC and made uh, all-Mac Jack as a receiver. And then the next year made all-Mac Jack as a cornerback. He's back and, uh, wow. and healthy. And he also will be in that mix at cornerback behind, uh, behind the, uh, the Scott and Matron Brooks. So we're too deep, and uh, it doesn't drop off much at the corner, the ones who want to take a blow.
1: Was McLaurin originally recruited as a receiver, and then we tried to move him to defense? Is that why he left the first time?
3: Yeah, I think that had something to do with it. Uh, when that when the last regime was here, yeah, he was a he was an offensive weapon at Collins. Uh, we brought him here, put him back there on the back end at safety, and um, he actually he, he was going to he was playing as a true freshman, and. Um, and then, you know, things kind of went sour for him. I think he had, had it in his head that he wanted to play on the offensive side of the ball and decided to go to PRCC and, and initially played receiver for him. And it's funny, he ended up back on the defensive side of the ball. He's just – he's a great athlete. You put him anywhere back there.
1: Good to see him back in the black and gold. Amen. <laughs> who are some of the um, – you know, every year you
2: have – you always have a few players who tend to have breakout seasons. Who are some, some breakout candidates you see – you know, on either side of the ball?
3: I'll go back to when we were talking about the, uh, the wide receiver, position. I think uh, Brandon Hayden has a chance. He's night and day from the, from the year before. Um, you know, he was young. He maybe had some growing up to do. They took their time with him, um, mentored him, earned his trust. Um, you know, he's, he's a new guy in the classroom and on the field. And he's always had the – you know, the physical ability, that was never a question. But now, you know, he's, he's really locked into to, to honing his craft and being a great player. And when you're 6'2", 205 pounds and, and run a tick 10, 7, 10, 600 meters, that's a pretty rare skill set. You know, I expect him to take the top off some defenses this year. Um, a new guy that's here I think could have a breakout season for us. You know, obviously we lost Hayes in the middle. Hayes Maples, you know, and that's that's a big blow. He's you know physically one of our most complete linebackers. But Dalen Gill um, transferred in from uh, from Ole Miss. He's about 5'11", 225. This summer he ran in the in the high four fives. So um, and he's he's just he's got a nasty mentality about him. He's uh, just keeps around the football. He sees the game, you know, good pursuit. You know, we're gonna miss Hayes, but at the same Time. I think we're really fortunate to have brought Dalen Gill in late in that signing class. Um, kind of a lifesaver at that spot. I think he's going to have a big season at middle linebacker. I think um, the transfer from Arkansas, uh, Jalen Williams, is going to be big for us. 6'3, three, 315 pounds, a guy can really move. Uh, got a little versatility. They can play him at the nose tackle, they can slip him out to the three technique. Uh, he's athletic enough to play, you know, all those inside positions. and, and uh, he's, he's athletic and quick enough off the ball at 315 pounds to get in your backfield. So that's not something we had last year. We may have had guys that could get in the backfield, but we didn't have guys that were athletic enough to disengage and move side to side and, and finish the play in the backfield. We have a few guys that can do that this year, and Williams
0: is one of those guys. Seems like every time we're doing – one of these and we're talking about Southern Miss and talking about all the best players. Um, it takes forever to get the Chandler Pittman's name, which we all saw him, you know, come in last year and score that touchdown versus Alabama. And just looked electric out there and then got hurt, but he's come back and he's really been looking the part uh, to me anyways, out there at practice.
3: Yeah. I mean, this season, Will's gotten really got the chance to to take two or three guys and, and play him at that super back spot. And when I say super back, there'll be guys uh, like Antavius Willis and Pittman are the top two there it will play out of the slot. They'll play out of the, the two-back set. They'll, uh, they'll uh, move from the slot into the backfield during plays in motion. And uh, I think he's going to be able to use that, you know, use it a lot more this year offensively. And, yeah, Pittman is, uh, in a, is an explosive kid and extremely mature for, for as, as young as he is. And we know he's coming off the ACL. Uh, rehab his butt off on that and uh, knock that out in short order uh he's been out there he's he was wearing a brace this year i'm curious to see with him being uh, a little slight in the frame at about 175 pounds if that brace is going to take away any of his you know his quickness um but you know so far you know a lot of times you tear that acl up you're, it takes you a while to trust it and put your mm-hmm. foot in the ground and really be aggressive with it he hasn't shown any of that this summer man he's been aggressive, put that foot in the ground and exploded off of it, you know, throwing blocks out there on linebackers is he's only 170 pounds. <laughs> but uh, he's, just, he's got a huge heart and he's a super explosive kid. And I think he and Antavius Willis out of that super back spot are going to be dynamic for, for Will this year.
1: If I don't see... <clears throat> excuse me. Just took a really big mouthful of whiskey. It was a little spicy. Uh, my mouth's Sounds like watering. you're chewing on it. Yeah, my mouth is super watery. Crunchy. Um, yeah. Uh, if I don't get to see one Frank Gore to Brownlee touchdown pass this year, I will be a little sad. And I need just one.
3: It, it's it's going to happen. It, it's. I think they discovered Frank's uncanny ability to throw it a fade ball last year just messing around in practice. They just let him do it late, you know, messing around. And it's like I'm, I'm sitting there watching it's like, one, two, three perfect fade balls into the corner of the end zone. It's like, okay, we might have something here. The next week it's featured and the rest is history. <laughs> but, uh, to Frank, um, Frank probably came in here at about 175 pounds. Um, I was talking to the strength coach the other day, and they said they, they – well, actually the strength coach and the uh, running backs coach, Jordan Joseph. They kind of got Frank in his sweet spot now. Frank's about 196 pounds. Um, he still has all his quickness, and um, they, he's even gotten faster. But during the summer, you know, Frank's has always had the ability to, to shake the first guy. Well, Frank's been shaking one, two, three, and three guys. You know, he's uh, he has the ability to carry that offense when he's healthy. And uh, I think this year with a, a deeper backfield, you can get those 35 quality reps for Frank instead of him having to play 70 reps and just being worn out and and maybe seventy or eighty percent, you know, in terms of uh, strength, you know, towards the end of the game, you're going to be able to get thirty five quality reps out of them at a hundred percent. I think that's going to make a difference for him.
0: Now Willis, we talked about him, and we all remember him from last year. Rambo, he was on the defensive side of the ball before he came into that super back thing. I mean, is he still doing any defense? I know you mentioned him, you know, kind of him and Pittman leading the charge there at at Super back, but um, you know how much are we going to see of Rambo out there he he is your top guy to Super Superback. he will be in a
3: ton of two back set stuff he's been a uh, he's been explosive uh you know every day you kind of you always try to think of guys who flashed you know when you want to come home and write a you know a practice report, you kind of guys that flash stick in your head um he flashed almost on a daily basis out of that two back set stuff, he's dangerous catching the football. Um, he can get when he gets out on the perimeter. He has the speed to take it to the house. Um, he he is your guy at the uh, at the super back with uh, Pittman behind him. To your to your uh, question about defense, he is one of their best special teams players. They got him running as a as a gunner on the punts. That's one of my favorite things to watch. He has an ability to get down the field and, and get off a blocker and uh, and smoke guys on punt return. So uh, he's very valuable there. But I, I'm just – when we are talking about uh, breakout guys and Jamie brought that question up, I, think I should have thrown Antavius out there. He's probably the, the top of the list guy that came out of a high school with a, just a tremendous skill set. and just never really have been able to find the place for him to fit in. He's bounced back and forth between offense and defense. I think at the back, you know, Antavius has really
0: found a sweet spot. and I think he's going to be a big asset for world's offense. He's like one of those dudes if you're playing a game in the street, he's my first pick. You know, no, no. he can run around everybody, he can run over people, he can throw it, you know, he kind of looks hard, you know, like he can just handle his business. So
1: What are we, Auburn?
0: I love <laughs>
3: Yeah, and and is one of those dudes that like he he'd beat you at touch football cuz you can't ever you wouldn't be able to even t- you wouldn't be able to touch him. So and um you know, Southern Miss, obviously last year, they were a team that that needed some speed. They were hurting for some <laughs> speed, guys. You know, so Antavius adds a, a much-needed speed factor to that offense. And, you know, back to Brandon Hayes and you know, Latrell Jones, they add a speed factor to that offense. So those will be pluses for offense this year, things they didn't have last year. Well, changing
2: gears for just a second, tell us a little bit about what you've got going on at Golden Eagle Pride.
3: This week, uh, coming in, I think Friday evening through the weekend, we have a 75% off sale. So basically, you're paying $25 for a whole year's worth of content. Um, We uh, cover every sport, uh, the big three men's sports for sure, Um, practice reports, player interviews, coaches' interviews, videos, We're cranking up our weekly live chat starting Thursday night at eight o'clock. All the guys love to get on there and kind of talk all the secret stuff going on with uh, coming into the the game with Liberty. You can be a little freer with information on that uh, on that uh, on the chat. Um, But, yeah, that's a great deal. I mean, 25 bucks for for a whole year. That's about as good as it gets. And it runs uh, Friday through Sunday. I believe.
1: Throw a couple (laughs) extra beers in the fridge and save a seat on the couch. Eagle Fan 81's coming back to the message boards.
3: <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> Welcome back, sir. Welcome back. You gotta shut but them with down.
0: The, with the quality of, of info that you get, that twenty five bucks a year is I mean, you know, I'm not gonna tell you yeah. guys how to do your business here, but uh it's worth like you know, twice that easy, probably four times that. So at least That's four times
2: that. Yeah. Well, mathematically, yes, that would be correct.
3: <laughs> just a thought back to, back to the defense we we're talking about the defense and the defensive line i just you know i had a thought you know we were talking about uh last year they had about four guys on that defensive front and they just had to survive with them I mean, they were all 270 80 pound guys uh this year they they're easily seven to eight deep but i had a thought you know it's uh going into saturday's game, it's you know there's a lot to, to prove for those guys this season is is Three, three or four, four of those guys that'll be probably playing Saturday night will be playing their first D1 snap. So that, you know, that's something to think about. It's one thing to be to be bigger and stronger and have numbers, but you know, that's that's something that's going to be an unknown. I'm real curious to see how those guys, when the lights come on, thirty thousand people out there hollering, how that how that plays out.
2: I'm not saying it's a similar going to have a we're going to have a similar result, but you know this influx of uh, you know size particularly up front it kind of reminds me of the 2015. You know that that really kind of helped us turn the corner in 2015. Not saying that's what's going to happen here, but just the the um, amount of new players that we had and the size that came along with that is uh, it feels it feels somewhat similar in that regard to me at least.
3: Yeah, I agree. They, I mean, it's, it's obvious that they have more more size and, and more length as well. I mean, a guy we hadn't touched on, um, I think they got a real gem in Starkville's Jalil Clemens, who was, uh, you know, will recruit him out of Tulane a couple of years ago. And Jalil ended up signing with Memphis. Played as a true freshman, some over there as a defensive end. Um, new coaching change on defense last year. He decided it wasn't for him. Uh, takes his red shirt ear, jumps in the portal, and Will picks him up. Um, he has worked his way up, you know, in, in terms of reps to, you know, to be in the mix at that Jack outside linebacker spot. He's 6'3", 250, and has some speed off the edge. And He's uh, he's probably the most physical guy, you know, in that room at that position. I'm, I'm real interested to see, you know, Saturday. He'll he'll play a big role Saturday, I imagine, at that Jack spot behind Avery Hibis. Real interested to see you know what what he brings to the table.
2: Well, one player we haven't really touched on, but hey, I know you mentioned him, but we talked about him a little bit last week was uh, Genari Dean. I mean, he seems like there. It seems like there's something special about him.
3: Yeah, Genari, uh, he's a, he's an interesting mix. Um, played uh, went he's an all-state running back at the, at uh, South Panola, Goes to state, and I think think he always had the love of playing the running back position. They flipped him over to free safety, uh, and that's where he was there. Um, decided he still, you know, had the love for the running back position. We get him here, obviously, in that last class for the portal pickup. Genari's about six foot, one hundred ninety-five, and uh, he, he's a he's a running back. I call uh, all about his business. He's all business. He's not going to give you a lot of shape. He's going to use his vision, which he has good natural vision. He's going to find his spot, stick his foot in the hole, and get up the field. Um, Physical runner for a 195 pound guy, but the thing I think that sets him apart from maybe some other guys in that room is his, his balance, the his ability to bounce off tacklers and keep his feet and get yards after after the carry or yards after contact. That's that's a special uh, a special quality about him is his balance. And uh, this summer he's uh, he's paid huge dividends in the uh, in the short passing game for Ty, You know. I think uh, y'all mentioned it on the last show with uh, Jason Baker. Took that 69-yarder on, on a swing pass, got out on the perimeter and stiffed on the guy and took it to the house. Yeah. So I think he's a guy that can be a. I think the biggest thing for him is he has an awesome change of pace to Frank Gore. So when he comes in, you're, you're, the, the defense is getting a completely different kind of back. So that's a, he's a nice compliment to Frank for sure. He's also been quite physical and pass pro. That's nice. We have had a bunch of small backs in the the past that may not be able to eat a linebacker coming up the B gap on your quarterback. He'll sit in there and and trade trade licks with them.
2: How do you see this? I mean, I know you, I'm not asking you for a prediction or anything, but when you, when you look at this schedule, you mentioned it being a little tougher than last year. I mean, what are your thoughts on this schedule, you know, as a whole? I know it's going to be different with the Sun Belt. We've got some really, looks like we've got some really fun matchups. Um, you know, on the way, but what do you think about when you, when you see this 2022 Southerners football schedule?
3: Yes. You know, one of the first thing you think of is, is September is, is tough. Um, Liberty is Liberty. It's, they're a well coached football team. They know how to win. They expect to win. That's a tough one out the gate. Then you go to Miami. It is what it is. That's they're going to be good. Um, but then you catch a two-lane team that, that struggled last year that's supposed to – it's being mentioned in a lot of the same way that Southern Miss is. You know, they have uh, Michael Pratt coming back at quarterback. He made his freshman debut against us a couple of years ago coming off the bench for Keon Howard. He is a really good quarterback, pocket pro-style guy. He's back. His whole old line's back. Um, they've always had good running backs there, and um, – I'll be curious to see what their D's like, but I expect them to be better. That's going to be, you know, no treat over there in New Orleans. And, um, and then you get to – the, you really only have one gimme in this schedule with, with Northwestern. The rest of them are, are legit football games. I mean, Arkansas State's probably a little down. I expect Troy to be really tough. Coach Summerall inherited a really nice roster with a bunch of seniors coming back. Um georgia state is uh is my dark horse to win the east probably the red oh, wow. running attack other than appalachian state in the uh, in the conference last year and this year they're going to line up with a bunch of 320 30 pounders and, and try to run it down your throat with a dual threat quarterback that's they've got a ton back they're going to be tough um kind of a crazy bowl prediction but i think it may obviously may not play out this way but i think the game at Texas State for Southern and for Texas State is going to be pivotal. I think the winner of that game may be the team that that, that
0: gets one of those ball games. Hmm. You know what I think about this team? People have asked me. I I feel like we're going to be in games. I don't I don't think there's going to be a ton of games this year where we're just not competitive. Like like you know like we've seen like we saw some last year mostly due to all the injuries. But I feel like the the guys that um, that left the program and the guys that Will Hall replaced them with, even though they're first year guys and you've mentioned several times how young they are. Still feel like we just have more football players, right? And yeah. uh, you, you combine that with the culture, the buy-in. Um, y- you know, I know the league's going to be better, which I love, but I, I just I, I don't I don't think we're ever going to look up and just you know, by halftime you're going well, this one's over. You know, I feel like we're just going to have a shot at a lot we still have to learn how to win those games but i think we're gonna have a chance
3: yeah i mean i i totally agree i i think they're gonna uh i think they have a chance to be in every ball game like you said on like last year and you know a, a lot of it is having a full complement of 85 scholarship guys to that point i think we'll be way better on special teams and kind of having all these extra bodies you know and Good special teams, you know, that's a third of the game. I, I think that could swing some victories Southern misses way. I, I expect us to be very good on special teams. Um, yeah, but I agree. I, I expect us to be competitive in every football game. Um, I guess with the, bottom, the bottom line for me is you can watch all the scrimmages you want and all the camps you want, but you just – I've learned a <laughs> lesson that you just don't know. I don't care if you're a coach or, or guys like us. You don't know until you put that spot that ball on the you know and and line up against somebody else who schemed you up for a week and is you know it's you just don't know you find out your weaknesses and strengths to you line it up with somebody.
1: We we know Mason Hunt and and Briggs Bourgeois got their spots locked up, but there's other key specialists on the team. Who's going to be long snapping? Who's going to be holding?
3: Ah. Uh, TJ Harvey's back. He's been okay. our snapper for a couple of years. Um, TJ was a little dinged up last year, and uh, uh, some, uh, somebody else handled those duties. He's healthy. I'm not sure if he had surgery or not, but he's healthy. He's, uh, he's a really good snapper. He's back. This will be his third year to start. Um, you know, speaking to return game, you're going to have um, you know, Tyler Knight can figure in, kickoff or punt, uh, Natron Brooks. Was uh, a very solid punt returner last year. Cam Harrell was uh, an All Conference punt returner. He's back, and now they can, you know, combine Cam Harrell with with a guy like Brandon Hayes and has that sprinter speed. So that's uh, that's going to be interesting to see. We have some, you know, some explosion factors in terms of you know, return game.
2: So, 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 did you have uh, a question there,
3: Jason?
0: No. Well, I was going to add a quip in there that. So, go ahead. Clearly, we're going, you know. 12-0 this year now. <laughs> Most definitely. Yeah.
3: Most definitely.
2: We're, we're going to have some people throw some fits when we don't.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, that happens every year.
2: It happens every year.
0: It's so easy to get behind Coach Wall. Hall. Isn't that the big deal here? I mean, we talk about all this talent and the toolboxes that we're using on both sides and the sprinter speed. and It comes down to this dude, man. I mean, Will, he's just he's just got everybody in the palm of his hand. And we all just believe him. I would do, you know, if he told me to start off making spaghetti with mayonnaise, I'd do it. You know, he's just he's got that ability. And so you combine that with some players and a little bit of fan support, you know. You yeah, got, I mean, you got a ball club. So
3: I I agree. I mean, Will is is uh he's got a he's got a rare ability, you know. He's uh, you know, as he said, just not to sound cliche, but leader of men. You know that's one of his mantras, and he is indeed a leader of men from from all of his coaches right down to all of his players. You know they're bought in. You got you got a full complement of eighty five scholarships. You're not going to get you shouldn't get worn out at the end of the game should not be an issue. He's addressed some size issues on the defensive line. He's uh, he's found some speed components to add to his offense. You know you can always add more, and and they will continue to do that. Um, I think the back end of our secondary is as good as anybody in our conference. For me, I want to see that D-line develop. Like I said, you've got three guys, four guys, new guys that have come in that have never played a D-one snap. I want to see what happens when somebody punches them in the mouth. How do they respond? Um, you know, it, it, it comes down to it, how is, how is, where is Ty now and how is it going to develop, you know? You know, like y'all spoke about last week. You know, four games is you've got so much ceiling left in terms of learning as a quarterback. Um, I'm just real curious to see how Will calls a game for him to make things manageable, to make him right, and not you know not put him in positions that he's just not built to handle. You know, I'm not sure Ty is a is a pocket guy. I think Ty is a guy that's going to use his legs and kill you on the perimeter. He's going to beat you in the run game, design run zone read stuff, and where he's most dangerous is when he just gets flushed out of the pocket. You know, he can he can make a defense that was right for 10 seconds so wrong once he gets, you know, <laughs> on the perimeter. So, and you know, like you said, that's something about Ty that we've just not gotten to see during scrimmages because the quarterbacks aren't live. You know, all they have to do is get close to him, the play's called dead. I'm curious to see what he does, you know, when the lights are on and he can use his natural ability.
2: You could just see some flashes against. I mean, I know it was I know the game was out of hand by the time that he started, you know, um really making some strides. But I mean, against the Crimson Tide, you could see some of that. I mean, I, I really felt like that rice game, he was kind of poised to have a breakout game, you know, if things went well
1: before he before he was injured. But uh you you could see some of those flashes, like you said. I'm gonna need somebody that does a goodwill haul to start leaving Jason voice messages asking him to do crazy things.
0: <laughs> and let's see
1: okay. how many of them we can get him to do.
0: Well, you mentioned one of the guys, T.J. Harvey. Did you guys see that clip?
1: Yeah. yeah. Impra- it? Impressions. <laughs> that was funny. That did was pretty, pretty good.
0: good.
3: That was pretty – that was spot on.
2: Yeah, Jason, I'm going to need you to get some blue plate,
3: okay? <laughs> All right. Yeah, and I think that just speaks to the love they have for that – for Coach Hall. You know, sure. that, that's pretty cool.
1: Man, he's uh, daddy. Uh, coach Ankar actually retweeted that, uh, saying something along those same lines, Glenn. That you know, you know, the the you can tell they've got a good you know family atmosphere, and, and that the comfortables are play or the the comfortables. I need to stop drinking whiskey after this. The players <laughs> are comfortable. I just got to make it downstairs. That's, I got the comfort- that's, Yeah, the comfortables.
2: Uh, but, I mean most most of the time, if if you impersonate a head coach, they won't come on your podcast. You know? No, <laughs> so this is exactly totally different now.
0: That is true. That is very true. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: chicken tenders and pants one leg at a time or something. I don't know. Yeah, it was wow. Well,
0: gl-
2: well, before we move on to, to Shay and Glenn, do you have any any final thoughts on this game this
3: weekend? I just um it's it's been a, a little while since I was so excited to see a particular game. I think um in terms of an opener, this is this is this is one of the more intriguing matchups that I've you know that I've seen in a couple of years. These are you know two game, two teams with a lot of question marks, and both have outstanding coaching staffs. And um you know they both have questions to answer at different positions and are going to find out a lot about each other and their teams Saturday night. You know, and for me, I can't wait to watch it. I think it's going to be a, a heck of a chess match, and I think it's going to be a physical football game.
1: Outstanding. do we have have any idea how ticket sales have gone for this what kind of crowd we're expecting is everybody else as excited as we are i think it's been solid
2: i mean it's it's gonna it's really (laughs) i hate to say it but it's gonna we'll see what the weather forecast is like when we get to saturday i mean that really always just throws a monkey wrench into things and the way shane you haven't been here but i mean it's literally rained every day for like like like, two months yeah It's yeah. uh it's been bananas. So of
0: course I would take like sprinkle every now and then, and uh, you know some overcast instead of you know 100 degrees and just that west side of the or I guess the east side of the stadium just getting baked the entire time. So
2: well, and, it, and two I think one of the advantages this season last season is I mean there was. Some there was some enthusiasm around Will Hall last year, but some of that got deflated after that South Alabama game. And with this year, you've got Liberty, you've got Hugh Freeze, who, who is a Southern Miss alum. There you go.
1: And, I think and, that was the third time the name got said out
2: loud. Uh, so rest in peace. Check here. The DMs. I, here. I, t- I tweeted the name three times in one tweet, and I have heard crickets. So I, I saw that. Yeah, you're a brave yet.
1: man. I got to show a little more cleavage in the profile pic.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh <laughs> change your number to a Tampa area code, better luck. But,
2: but I would imagine is- I would imagine too, you you may have some area fans of Mississippi Oxford who might come out to to check out that game. You know, there there will be there will be a little bit broader of an appeal than just the normal Southern fan base. So I'm not saying it's gonna be a huge crowd, but I think you can definitely tell some enthusiasm is here. I mean, if I had to just ballpark and guess, I would say 25 to 27 seems fair. Hmm. Yeah, but but we'll see we'll see what happens on Saturday. Fingers crossed that. for good weather.
0: I'd take yeah. that. How I many games we won in two years?
2: Yeah, absolutely,
0: absolutely. Uh, you know, like I mean, so right on. I'll take twenty seven right now.
2: One of the things uh, before we move on and let Shane cover all of the women's sports this week, Chucky man, Chucky gets uh, yeah. called up for the Cincinnati Reds. Isn't that nice? Been playing some for the Reds, so yeah, outstanding.
1: His, Couldn't have his, a better guy. His dad and his grandfather, who were also Major League Baseball catchers, uh, were in attendance to watch him get his first hit too. Mm-hmm. And uh,
2: a few minutes ago, he had his first home run. What for the Reds? No. Yeah, just we should do
0: more podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the podcast comes back. He gets his first hit. He hoses that dude on that outside slider. Absolute BB down to second base, and now we're recording. And while we're recording, hits a bomb. You're welcome, Chucky. I'm looking well, for a Christmas card.
2: Us recording the podcast have not always been a sure thing. If you guys don't remember us live um, recording while the Southern Miss baseball slash South Alabama game was going on, um, oh, yeah. it's not always a not always a winning effort. But.
1: No. Shane, why don't you bring us up to date in the women's sports for sure? And Luckily for the listeners and everybody involved, there's not a whole lot going on right now, so you don't have to listen to me talk very long. But uh, soccer was back in action. Uh, they fell at Alabama 0-2, to two, uh, which is an improved result for them in the state of Alabama. I'll take that uh, so far on this young season. Uh, they were also supposed to have a match on Sunday the 28th against Mississippi Valley State University that was canceled. Uh, So that leaves the ladies sitting at zero and two, a loss against Auburn, a loss against Alabama on the road. No need for panic mode there. But next chance that the Lady Eagles have for a victory is Sunday, September 4th, versus LSU in Hattiesburg at 1 o'clock. Since that Mississippi Valley State match was canceled, this will be the first home match of the season for the Lady Eagles. So again, Sunday, The fourth at one o'clock, great time to go out and watch the Lady Eagles take on the Bayou Bengals on the soccer pitch. Volleyball started their season off this past week uh, or weekend, should I say, Uh, started season strong with two wins on the opening day of the Crimson Tide invite Friday. uh, No, well, I've got Friday the 25th, but that's not the right date for that. Uh, Thursday was the 25th. So any Friday they got a three to nothing win over UTSA. Nice to start the season off over a former conference USA foe with a shutout win. And then uh, second matches of the day got a three to nothing win versus McNeese State. On Saturday had a little tougher luck against host Alabama. Dropped a uh, one to three. Uh, Lost to Alabama there so currently Lady Eagles stand at two and one on the young season this weekend they will be at the Mercer Bears Classic in Macon Georgia they will face Mercer Friday the September the 2nd at six o'clock and then two matches on Saturday the third first Charleston Southern at noon and Queens at three o'clock Uh, Women's golf starts their season this weekend. Uh, They will be at the USA Intercollegiate in Mobile, Alabama, hosted by South Alabama. That starts Saturday the 3rd and runs through Monday the 5th. Men's golf is not in action yet. They do not come uh, into season until September the 11th. But Chad Dickens yelled at me in Twitter, private messages, (laughs) because I didn't mention that Bennett Ruby qualified for the U.S. Amateur Championships, played at the Ridgewood Country Club in New Jersey back on the 15th through the 21st. But where Chad is slipping is that Bennett was not the only Southern Miss male golfer I uh, have some accolades this uh, th- this past couple of months. Former Southern Miss golfer, uh, just recently graduated. Bryce Wilkinson captured the 108th Mississippi State Amateur Championship at the end of June. and Robbie Ladder, who is a current uh, Southern Miss player, finished second at the 117th Canadian Amateur Championship. Split that between two courses, which is kind of wild. The Seymour Golf and Country Club in North Vancouver so I feel like that was a little bit of good juju in his direction there in the first place, uh, but then uh, finished up at the Point Gate Point Gray Golf Club in Vancouver. That was August the 1st through the 4th, and uh, that brings us up to speed. All
2: right. Shout outs. Jason, you have any shout outs?
0: I do have some shout outs. I want to give a shout out to our good friend Todd Siders ran into him and the fam out at the zoo this weekend um and also i ran into a fellow podcaster jamie Messingale down at southbound bagel on sunday after church and i mean he's here and you guys are going to do it too but glenn freaking dyer if you need him folks, uh this guy you know this is the reason i didn't do any research at all because glenn knows it all so if i would have done something <laughs> he'd have been like well you know that's a little bit wrong but
1: <laughs> uh, yeah or a so, lot wrong
0: so yeah um Thank goodness we didn't do any picks this week. But yeah, Glenn, thanks for coming on, dude. It's go join 24 four seven. It's awesome. I'm on it. Um, so you should do that. He's good. Thanks, guys. I enjoyed
2: it. Uh, Glenn, do you have any shout outs?
3: Just just off the cuff, man. I'm gonna have to give my shout out to Chuckie the home run. Yeah, know, yeah. That's awesome. What a story, man. So happy for Chuckie. I just saw the clip. It was a bomb
1: too. I might have to look that up. Shout out, Shane. Do you have any shout-outs? Um, I, I don't have any shout-outs per se. Glenn, thank you very much, man, uh, for coming on. It's it's been a few years since I've seen you. Good to see you. Uh, so if we're giving a shout out to Glenn, even though Drew was too lazy to come on the show with Glenn, <laughs> we'll give a shout-out to Drew too, just because Drew's a good dude. Um, but yeah, um, had a couple of whiskey pours tonight. Drank a Russell's Reserve single barrel, which is in my normal rotation, and then also had a Senator Barrel Proof Rye that's uh, MGP Rye out of Indiana. Some uh, guy behind Redemption Rye whiskey started a place called Proof and Wood, where they just buy barrels and do some blending and and sell off good single barrels. So interesting stuff there. Pretty bottle. The Senator, if you see it, I, I recommend it. I want to give a shout
2: out to Shane. Had a birthday this week.
0: That's right. Dang, a wizard.
2: We didn't mention it on the show last week. Wow. So, yeah.
1: What kind of problem yeah. happened that night? Um, I don't actually, I think I'd, I had a whiskey cocktail at dinner, but I, I didn't even drink uh, any of my whiskey that evening. Went out to dinner with uh, my wife, and she's got an older half brother and his wife that live like 12 minutes from us. Uh, they're James Madison alum. So I'm really looking forward to the first time that James Madison plays in Harrisonburg. We did discuss the fact that we will be in attendance. And I was like, well, I'll be there. I don't care if you guys go or not. Um, <laughs> but, uh, was, was out to dinner with them and my mom calls and I hadn't spoken to her all day. And that's a rarity on my birthday. Cause I'm, I was a morning baby. So she usually calls in the morning around the time I was born. And she was like, "Yeah, so uh, what you doing?" I was like, "Well, I'm out for dinner, but I hadn't talked to you all day, so I, I figured I'd answer the call." And uh, she was like, "Well, I was just talking to your sister and talking about how I d- hadn't got your birthday card in the mail yet. When your birthday's tomorrow, and your sister reminded me that your birthday was today." And I was like, "Well, it's good to be loved, mom. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate that." And then uh, my my dad thinks I'm a year older than I am, so my mom doesn't know what day my birthday's on. My dad doesn't know what year I was born. I just I feel really loved this year.
2: I want to give a shout out to Shane's parents. I appreciate them <laughs> for all their support. Uh hey, I get to give another shout-out. So this is kind of small worldish kind of stuff, but uh, you know, where I work now, we have a big conference coming up, a big convention coming up in Columbus, Ohio, a uh, week after next summit of greatness it's gonna be a great time. We've got some great speakers coming in. But I was looking at the list of, of people who were showing up and former Golden Eagle head strength and conditioning coach/slash athletic director interim athletic director, Zach Woodfin's going to be there. So I'm going to catch up with him, that's right. uh, in a couple of weeks. So excited, super excited about that. Um, and Glenn has always been, it's a, like Glenn is Glenn is the most knowledgeable person when it comes to Southern Miss. I know he's going to be humble and say that he's not, but he, he really is like, I, I, I want to be respectful of your time, but I could have sat here and listened to you all night. So you guys go check out everything going on at, at golden Eagle pride. Um, and, and, Glenn has always been like, I've always followed, I've always nerded out, but not to the level that Glenn has. Like I don't go to practices regularly, but I just check the website. So if you guys, uh, if you, if you nerd out, like we used to with the old media guides that you used to go to get, if you go to uh, the, the, football page on southernmiss.com you go to additional links you can go down to 2022 football almanac which is pretty much the media guide in pdf form i just downloaded that so super super excited about diving into that just wanted to make all the fans aware of of that all right so this weekend the big game the first game of the year southern miss taking on liberty saturday september 3rd at 6 p.m. as of right now, Liberty is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. If you can't make it to the Rock, and we hope you can, that game will be on ESPN+. Plus. Didn't mention this earlier. Wear gold. It's a gold out. Be sure you wear your gold to the game. So let's go around the horn here. Uh, how do you feel about this Liberty game this weekend? EG by the, 90.
0: Am I at the beginning of the horn?
2: I uh, Sure. <laughs> it looks different on everybody else's screen.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> how do I feel? Uh, well. You know, I, I, I don't I, I have I uh, I don't feel quite a, like at the end of last year, I felt like, you know what? It is what it is. We're going to go out there. I felt like we were playing freely at the end of last year. I thought the O-line came around. Uh, it's still a question mark for me in the young quarterback spot. Still a question mark. Love our coach. I think we have an advantage there every single game that we're going to play. Love our secondary. Um, and also I think Hugh Freeze is a hell of a football coach. So I know they hadn't got Malik Willis. I love that. I keep hearing about this new guy that they have that went to the Big 12 championship and blah, blah, blah. He ain't no damn Malik Willis. So hopefully Armstrong, hopefully Austin Armstrong has something to say about that. And the three and a half point spread, I mean, that's, that's you know, Vegas usually isn't that far off. So I think it's a coin flip with probably a slight advantage um, going towards Liberty. Um some of the unknowns that sutter miss has i, f- I feel like it probably tilt the game uh, towards our favorite
1: shane what say you um i'm gonna parrot uh something i heard uh from the hardy street boys that i think jamie Arrington actually shared is why i saw it but uh you, if you give jamie massingale a keyboard let him start singing hilarity ensues but their guest was None other than Mr. John Smith mm-hmm. and uh Eags by 90. That's my prediction.
2: Okay, that's a it's a bit bold than I bolder than I was expecting, but uh, very fair, very fair. Um, I, I mean I like, I'll echo echo what Jason said. is uh, you know, I feel I feel good about this team. I don't feel good enough to say that this is a, a surefire win. I feel good enough to say that this is going to be a competitive game. Hope we come out and win, but there's a lot of unknowns, and it's gonna be really interesting to see. How this plays out. I mean, you you feel good overall about the defense, but this is a Hugh Freeze offense, so he he is going to be able to move the ball. Um, You hope you can can minimize as much as possible. But I think the key is how much are we able to move the ball? I mean, if we can go out there and and run it down their throats, I'm not saying that we will. But if we were able to make that happen, I mean, we we could could really do uh, this could really uh, get interesting for the Golden Eagles really quickly. So I'm, I'm looking forward to a good game. I'm excited. I'm excited always just to be back on campus. I'm excited as always just to be back in the stadium, be back out tailgating, um, be back to where we're allowed to have a full capacity. I mean, I don't take those things for granted. Certainly don't take wins for granted. Um, sure. So, fingers crossed that happens this weekend. Glenn, we'll leave with you. What do you? What are your thoughts on the uh, Liberty game this weekend? How do you feel about the Golden Eagles this weekend?
3: Just um, value the rock. Take care of the pigskin. I mean, last year it was almost like we spotted teams, you know, seven points getting off the bus, you know, and to, uh, to Jason's point, you know, that's one of those things to take care of the football. Don't turn it over. Our defense should be good enough to keep us in any game. I mean, if you don't turn it over, you should be there. And, and you know, I'm, I'm thinking and hoping that with the added depth that, um, you know, maybe, uh, maybe special teams spins this one our way, man. You know, regardless, Will Hall has this thing going in the right direction. Um, I'm as excited as I've been about Southernman's football in a long time for, you know, many reasons. So I'd look, I'm looking forward to a very competitive uh, football game in the chess match that's within the game.
2: Thank you guys for listening to To the Top Talk, presented by Golden Eagle Pride, a 24-7 sports affiliate. They've got a huge sale this weekend. Starting this Friday, get 75 percent off an annual subscription. Check them out, GoldenEaglePride.com. Also, if you want to get some, if you want to listen to our episode, uh, any episode on any platform, if you want to buy some t-shirts, which we should have some new t-shirts coming soon, or if you want to sponsor an episode of To The Top Talk, go to ToTheTopTalk.com and check out the links on the page. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We'll see you this Saturday at the Rock. And as always, Southern Mist To The Top.
4: Talk. I could play for Alabama, USC, or Notre Dame. You have lots of things to offer, but Southern Mississippi puts you all to shame. I was born here in Hattiesburg venture far away when it comes to playing football here in Eagle heaven is where I'm gonna stay I could play for North Carolina Ohio State RLSU you play a good game of football but southern Mississippi is a whole lot better than you